They were the heroes from the future. Teenagers protecting the universe from those that would sow the seeds of chaos. Each had unique powers and abilities. And though they often had their differences, they came together to save the day as the Legion of Superheroes. Now you can be a part of their adventures and learn the history of the future in the Legion Clubhouse. You know what the Legion of Superheroes relies too much on? What's that? The Miracle Machine. Adventure Comics number 378, 12 Hours to Live. Published March 1969. Written by Jim Shooter with art by Wynn Mortimer from Shooter Layouts. Five Legionnaires are poisoned, setting off a desperate race for the antidote. Matthew. Yes. I have a question for you. 57. What would you, what would you do if you knew that you were going to die today? Uh, you mean other than panic? Really? You'd panic? Oh, yeah. You you wouldn't approach it bravely like Superboy working for humanity till the very end or Duo Damsel, Duo Damsel going, I'm just going to spend time with my family or Brainiac 5 going, meh, my life sucks. Or Karate Kid where he's like, I'm going to go kill the entire universe. Or, or Princess Projectra who's just like, I'm just going to have some super sexy uh, hologram dreams about uh, Karate Kid. You wouldn't do any of that? I think I would probably go the uh, Duo Damsel route. <laughs> You'd have sexy hologram dreams about Karate Kid? No, that's Princess Projectra. I would go spend time with my family after driving my wheelless Carmen Ghia back to uh, the suburban home of my parents, the Durgos. I think I would, um, I think I'd probably get up and have some breakfast, maybe lunch, uh, hang out, out with the family, drag maybe, maybe go and uh, see a movie with the family, mm-hmm. take, a, take a couple of naps. I think that's how I'd do my last you, day. You'd take a nap? Oh, come on, know. man. you got to be rested for the afterlife. I don't know if I would take a nap knowing that I was going to die. If I'm, 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 be, if I'm like, tired? I mean, it's bad enough sometimes you go to bed feeling bad and you're like, oh, what if I don't wake up? Oh. I hate that. So, I, I yeah. Just, I guess if it's time to go, it's time to go. And I don't think it's that cut and dried. I think it would be much more difficult, but... I certainly would not fly out and, you know, try and beat up the Fatal Five. Why not? Well, for one thing, I actually have superpowers. You do? <laughs> More than Karate Kid, I'll tell you that for free. Oh, I, I think in a fight, you would definitely lose against Karate Kid. I didn't say I would win in a fight. I just said I have more superpowers than he does. And and what would your superpowers be? Well, one time I ate a whole pizza. And then I threw a boat right over a hedge. I bet Karate Kid could do both of those. He well, expends enough energy that I bet when he sits down to eat, he does have to eat a whole pizza just to gain back the calories and the nutrients that he burned off from his uh, high karate that he's doing. And I bet if you're going to take out, I bet if you're going to take out Turok or one of the other Fatal Five. You'd want, to throw, you'd want to throw a, no, Turok, this is a different universe. This is this universe. Oh, okay. That you would want to throw a boat at him. See, it's Therok, and you can always remember his name by thinking of Dwayne Therok Johnson. That's how you know. That's a different universe. No, it's not a different universe. Well, apparently we're in a universe where you have superpowers. We're also in a universe where... Death is claiming the lives of five legionnaires. 
Yeah, because uh, they're drinking from illegally yeah. obtained ivory glasses. And I am interested in this because I did some digging and I cannot find any earlier reference to Kono juice. Kono so juice. I, I think we may be seeing the origin of the favorite maybe alcoholic beverage of the Legionnaires to the point where actually down the line, a Legionnaire actually uses the name Kono as her alias because she loves the Kono juice. Oh man, she's a lush. I think she is. They, they, call it the, they call it the joy juice, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, I drink I drink plenty of gin and juice, but I've never right. in my life called it joy juice. Well, you know, remember, these are this is K-Kid and their leader man and B5. So and aren't they supposed sometimes. to be teenagers? Yeah, they are definitely teenagers, which is why Kono juice is only implied to be alcoholic. Oh, maybe it's supposed to be like Four loco. I imagine so. Or, you know, like a, a really bad monster rehab. But I find it interesting that they're drinking this Kono juice. And they're like, yes, this is a tradition on every birthday. And I'm like, every birthday? Really? Well, but this is just the first time I think they're doing it for Brainiac 5. Well, sure. But, I mean, we've seen Legion birthdays before. All, all the all the uh, Kaluans. No, they're specifically Kalu. saying this is the, this is no, the a- celebration for Brainiac 5. It's not Kahlua. Kahlua is different, and that's definitely alcoholic. But, And, you know, I think it's sweet that for his uh, birthday, Brainiac 5 got himself a Moog synthesizer. I think the Legion got that for him, but he did yeah. take the time to learn how to play it. Yeah, he's, so I, that I imagine he could... that he's playing Iron Maiden, that long solo in uh, Inagata De Vida. That's what he's playing on his synth organ. Yeah, they're all dancing to it in their uh, zero-G dance floor. Yeah, and it's fascinating to see Superboy doing what is clearly the twist. I don't know and what he's doing, but he's missing a leg. He's the, doing the, the body twist. Does it. This, is, this is good old uh, Win Mortimer right again. Yeah, this who is has Mortimer the, and uh, who just, shooter layouts. Who had those really loose action figures and threw them against the, the wall, and however they landed, that's how their, their bodies get jointed. I can't actually tell if that's meant to be Superboy's left leg crossing under or his right leg twisted funny and his left leg out of sight. Yeah. It's weird. I also want to bring up the uh, the ivory cups again because that's where the poison is at. Right. Interestingly, it wasn't until in the vessel from the pestle. It wasn't until 1990 that international ivory trade was banned in the United States. So at the time of this writing, sure, you want to have an ivory uh, keys on your piano. Uh, that's perfectly fine. In fact, ivory keys on the pianos didn't uh, stop being used until the 1980s. So just a decade before, piano manufacturers were like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't just be cutting off uh, elephant tusks and turning them into our piano keys. Right. But this- I do know that when I was working in Atlanta back in the day, back in, uh, this would have been like 95, so this was been soon after the ivory trade was banned, mm-hmm. I had a student from, where was he from? Uh, what's the Gold Coast? West Africa? Yes. He he was from, I forget which country he was from. Well, the Gold Coast is a country. Yeah. Cote d'Ivoire. Yeah, it was right around in that area. It, it, specific, I know he wasn't uh, Gold Coast because he was talking about the, um, talking about that country as far as trade and everything goes. Right. But he would bring like ivory into class. And one day I was like, um, how did you get this into the United States? Because it's illegal to have this. 
<laughs> and he's like, no, because the way my country works, it's not illegal. And when you come in as a, you know, as a citizen of that country in the United States, you can bring X amount of ivory with you each time. <laughs> and, when it, and when it came into the United States, he didn't say that it had to be it had to stay in his home. <laughs> so I don't know if he was subtly hinting to me that, oh, this is how we get around the ivory ban and we sell it here in the U- U.S. Would you like to buy some ivory? <laughs> uh, he offered to give it to me and I was like, no, thank you. Yeah. So I, I just, and of course, this is 1995. So times have changed. Well, but, and these, are, uh, these are identified as Kolu ivory, which specifically, since it's from Kolu, may not come from the tusks of an endangered animal. It, it may might. be something. It might. Uh, I mean, that's why you can only bring these cups out once a year on your birthday. A colophon? Drink, yes. They they killed a colophon? Yes. Mm. Five of them, one for each glass. No, just, that, I mean, have you ever seen how big an elephant's tusk is? You could make those five glasses out of one tusk. Oh, no. Uh, in uh, Kolu, they, they are uh, big fans of, of waste. The colophons. Yes, they, they will whittle that that colophant tusk down until they have one glass. Sometimes I've seen them. I forget which issue it is. I think it's coming up in like adventure comics, like 392 or something. There's a whole sequence where Brainiac is seen whittling down a giant colophant tusk just to make a thimble. Um, Aside from the many things wrong with what you're saying, I I just want to point out that we are nearing the end of the Legion's adventure era. There's only about three more episodes of Legion in adventure to have. That's what I'm saying. You got to watch out for issue 392. But the Legion's not in 392. Oh, but are they? We'll never know because we're not reviewing it on this show. That's a a good point. So uh, they all drink the poison because uh, Superboy, in his haste to get drunk... Uh, only scanned the, the liquid. He didn't scan the actual cups themselves. And it was the cups that were coated with a dangerous poison. And they've only got 12 hours to live. Yeah. Not only that, it's a specific type of poison with a kryptonite base. Which yeah, it's was encased in, in lead. Encased in a lead. So basically a microscopic, an ampule of kryptonite delivered in a tiny lead thing. And it will break down in Superboy's uh, blood, which means that Brainiac 5, Karate Kid, Princess Projector, Duo Damsel, and Superboy are all going to die. Doomed. 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 Worse than that, they call it out on the panel. Brainiac 5 says, wait, Superboy dies now. He'll never grow up to be Superman. I know. It will destroy the fabric of the space-time continuum. Damn time paradoxes. Right? This is what happens. This is why time travel has been outlawed. (laughs) Well, more than that, I think that on the one hand, it's clever that they did this. I mean, it's, it's what we're all thinking. It's literally what you're thinking when you read this issue. But it also does call it out for the people that weren't thinking that and remind them that this is a story of Superboy and we know that Superboy grows up to be Superman. Yeah, so it's kind of uh it, you it know works some bad foreshadowing. The story being told. Yeah, it does. When when you have to say, "Hey, we all know that Superman is around uh later in life," then you know Superboy's not dead unless that decision was split off into an alternate timeline and we're in the timeline where Matthew has superpowers and Karate Kid has to punch out Tarok with right. a and, with a mighty and, boat. 
And the Legion stays in, in adventure until issue 392, where right. Brainiac kills and dismembers See a See what I'm saying? See what uh, I'm saying? And this is the, the problem. It's the Bear problem. This is large. the problem with this issue, because by the time they get to the end of the issue, Brainiac is like, oh, I've wasted the entire day just walking around going meh all day. I didn't realize that there was the miracle machine in the other room. I will go solve this right now. Twelfth hmm. level computer mind. <laughs> in Ladies living space. So I, I'm curious uh, at this point, and maybe our listeners do, because we have a lot of Legion of of uh, superhero fans that listen to this and have probably listened to the other Legion uh, podcasts that are out there and have probably read all these back issues. Mm-hmm. But Cam- uh, uh, Brainiac 5 is walking around going, oh, man, my life sucks. I got Dude, to no family. Despair and agony on me. I got to no family. And I think this is because he's been outcast from his society, right? Because of his long uh, Brainiac lineage. That is true. Yeah. The Brainiacs are not well uh, liked on Kolu, Yad Kolu, uh, simply because of the fact that his great grandfather was one of the most evil things in the universe. And we eventually do learn the story of his father, question mark, and mother at one point, although that may be a separate continuity. But yeah, the Brainiac lineage is it's an honorific, but it's not a good one. So, yeah, all of the Kaluans are like, Brainiac, whoa! Good, I'm glad like, he died. I would wish I would have put the poison in the mug myself. Well, it would be like, you know, being a superhero and calling yourself John Wilkes Booth 5. <laughs> you, ha- you have some things to overcome. Your, is your catchphrase, Duck Mr. President? Yeah, it's uh, Sick Semper Tyrannus, my butt! You know, that's my catchphrase. <laughs> but, yeah, it... Yeah, so we get to spend a little bit of time with each of these characters. Uh, Brainiac 5 going, oh, my life is horrible. And as I said, Superboy is working for humanity until the very end. Yeah. Superboy actually goes home to Smallville and wanders around Smallville with, you know, basically his graduation goggles, although, the, you know, he's going to die. He's like, oh, Lana, how come I never appreciated how beautiful you were? <gasps> And the answer to that is she's been trying to unmask your secret identity since 1949, Clark. Yeah, perfect reason not to love her. Yeah. Something else in this issue that happens in Smallville mm-hmm. that I think we need to touch on. And I think we've has touched to do on with, it briefly, uh, but never Does it really have to do with uh, father and mother Kent? Or he doesn't, call him, he doesn't call him mom and pa Kent. He calls him, uh, I think he calls him father. Mom and dad. Yeah, mom and dad. Yeah, I, I, it was a weird name for... Uh, pa Kent, because I was just like, oh man, he didn't even call him Pa Kent. This yeah, guy's really about Kent's to die. Store. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the thing about it that's very important is, you know, we traditionally up to this point, we've seen Ma and Pa Kent a time or two, and right. they've always been, they look like they're in their 60s. They're white-haired old people, but as we see in this issue, Ma and Pa Kent look to be probably younger than you and I, and are, they're mid-40s. They're mid weren't, weren't they younger in the previous issue where um, Mordu traveled back in time to track them down and, and Ma and Pa Kent were like, oh, uh, this girl has blue skin. Yes, I'm almost certain that they were because it was back in March of 68, almost a year to the day before this issue, that Ma and Pa Kent were actually de-aged mm-hmm. in a Superboy story. Yeah, and- so we got, we got the young parents hanging out in, in Smallville going, man. Sure, I'm glad Clark's not around, because now that we're young. Yep. And but then we get to the point where he can't even talk to them. He's like, oh, I cannot face my parents. So if you've only been reading 
Legion, or if you haven't been keeping up with the events in Superboy's solo book, you're going to see him calling these parents something weird. These people that don't look like the traditional Kurt Swan, Ma and Pa Kent. And you're going to think, wow, man, this guy has no idea what Ma and Pa Kent looked like. Because yeah. I remember reading this book before I understood the weird continuity of the Kent family. And by the way, if you think the Legion is convoluted, just try and follow Superman's family sometime. But yeah, it's one of those moments where it's kind of inexplicable, but it also does give us some, you know, some emotional resonance for Superman, which hadn't always been there. You know what else is odd? Mm -hmm. Instead of staying in his own time period and fixing his own time period and doing (laughs) all great things for humanity in the time period that he is known for, he flies back to the uh, 30th century and spends the entire time doing things for the future and not for the present. Well, I mean, that's where his friends are, his friends who can understand him and, you know, who are also poisoned and dying. So it's kind of inexplicable. I mean, the real answer for why it happens is because this is a Legion story. Of course. But, you know, I I don't hate that so much as I hate other things in this issue. Well, there's so much to, to hate in this issue. Um, there really is. Princess Projector decides, oh, I'm just going to go to the movies, going to write out my will. I'm going to go hang out in the park and be depressed. And then she meets this guy called Myron Marks, who sits down with her and is like, oh, hey there, pretty lady. You're looking hey, a little sad. My name's Myron Marks. How about how, how about you? you put a, how about you put a smile on your face? How about a smile for me, stranger? Now, I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Knowing what Jim Shooter looks like. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Myron Marks is Jim Shooter as a kid? Oh, that's an interesting question. Because that was I mean, the first thing that I popped up because it's so rare that we see, especially in the 30th century, someone with the hair combed back or cut buzz cut like it is, the, the high top. Right. And A the nerd glasses. 1969 haircut. Yeah. And, and the nerd glasses. And I just wonder, is if Jim Shooter inserting himself? I could not find anything that would confirm nor deny this. In fact, Myron Marks isn't, doesn't even show up in any of the DC wikis anywhere. Uh, no. I think he has one. Pa- I think there is one passing comment about him on the summary page for this particular issue. Mm-hmm. But I just, when I looked at that, I was like, I wonder if that's Jim shooter as a kid, because what this character does, Myron, he has this long conversation with princess projectra and is basically saying, Hey, look, when you look back in your life, here's how you can approach the things that have happened. You can look at them with great fondness and you can look at all the, the lives that you've touched and all the happiness that, that goes around. And if you look at life this way, then everything will be better when you die eventually, even if you know the day you're dying. Princess Projector is like, oh, man, thank you for this this fantastic talk. I, I feel so much better now. I'm going to go back to the clubhouse and hang out with my friends. Right. And so I just I just felt like this was Jim Shooter, you know, playing the God character and coming in and saying, they're there, pretty lady. Everything will be. And people might be saying, why does Stephen keep saying they're their pretty lady? Because that's what he calls her in the issue. <laughs> well, I don't think he knows that she's projector. She's no, in, no, uh, probably not. Clothes. But still, but still. Yeah. If, if, if we're and, talking about things that don't age well. Uh, yeah, I can definitely see it. And the thing about Myron that's interesting is how he gets a name and is a major part of this story. Yes. He's in it for like four panels. Yes. But his name is also Myron Marks, which is also the same initials as Miracle Machine. <gasps> Whoa. Do you think? No. Oh, okay. 
Well, you know, all the Legionnaires finally do return, and they carve out their will with Superboy's invulnerable uh, fingernail. And we have the moment where Karate Kid, when he went out to basically make his life worth living, he found the five toughest villains in the world and did what the wrestling world would call a squash match. He basically fought the Fatal Five one-on-five and nearly took them down. Yeah. And I, I know that Jim Shooter loves Karate Kid. Karate Kid is clearly one of Jim's favorites. But come on! <laughs> yeah, I was That's... really waiting for this to all turn out to be a hallucina- uh, hallucination. Mm-hmm. You know, the drug was actually a hallucinatory thing, and it was really a test by Brainiac on everyone else to see what what they would do. And he's really monitoring their, their minds on their reactions oh, to dying. That would be so cruel. I would be in line with Brainiac. I think I, I need to test the abilities of the Legion of superheroes to ensure that even in times of high stress that they go out as heroes and not as, you know, unforgotten or whatever that Brainiac would come up with. Right. But literally as everyone is dying, passing out mere seconds from death, the villain shows up, we don't see his face and Brainiac is like, I will go get the miracle machine. And then he can't remember the combination to the lock and he dies well, right on top of it. It's actually in an, an unbreakable inertron box. So you would need to have somebody super strong to bust their way into it. But interesting thing to me is we see the villain in shadow and he's got this huge dome and pointy ears. And my first thought is, is that Sinestro? That'd be pretty amazing because... Sinestro has been around for how long at this point? Four or five oh, years? Not very long. Well, this is 1969. The first appearance of Sinestro is 1961. He oh, showed so up in uh, Green Lantern now. six or seven. Yeah. So it's been a, almost a decade. That would be interesting, but it's I don't think I'm going to give Shooter or DC Comics that much credit because... While Batman and Superman have world's finest and there's a lots of crossover there and there's the Justice League where you have crossovers there. Save for the occasional, oh, my gosh, we've stumbled onto one of Batman's many hidden uh, bat caves. Right. There really is no crossover in in the future stories with any other characters that are not Superman related. And honestly, if you read World's Finest, it's actually almost a separate continuity from both Superman and Batman. And in many cases, it's actually on a different Earth, so. Yeah, yeah, well, various different Earths, depending on who's writing it. If it's Bob Haney, just roll the dice and figure out what Earth it is, because it's certainly not going to be in continuity. But it would be interesting, but I think that the way this book ends, sort of, almost justifies the parts of it that kind of drag and there are some drag bits because we get to that last page and suddenly time stops Mm -hmm. freezes moments before midnight when the legionnaires have fallen to their death and even the villain is frozen he's like what is going on and then it's like come back next month to find out true believers what sort of nonsense could this be If you enjoy the show, we would appreciate your support. You can find out more and become a Legion Clubhouse member at patreon.com slash major spoilers. 
Adventure Comics number 379, Burial in Space. Published April 1969, written by Jim Shooter, with art by Wynne Mortimer from Shooter Layouts. If Superboy dies, can the Legion survive? Uh, I'm really making light of a lot of the things that are going on in these two issues this week because it's kind of ridiculous. And I know people are like, do you have to be so flippant? And I think in many cases, yeah, yeah, I think it's it's fine to be this way, especially when we get into Adventure Comics 379. And instead of having a normal story, man, we're going to take a hard ride at Albuquerque and uh, just tell a whole different story completely. Yeah, much as we've seen a couple of times. I mean, we were complaining about this an issue or two ago. Part two literally seems to have nothing in common with part one. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not saying that, oh, these are terrible comics and everyone should be beaten. I'm just saying it could have been better. You know, this issue has an incredible cover. Just an amazing, beautiful, weird cover. being shot out into space. Yeah, it's a and then somebody's playing the bagpipes in the background. Yep. Yep. It of all totally... the souls I've ever met, his is the most feet. Yes. It is definitely a burial in space cover. It is. Of all burial in space covers, this one is the burialist spaciest. <laughs> as time as as you remember Matthew, as you remember Matthew from the last issue. Last time. Time had stopped. Mm-hmm. And as the Legionnaires were beating their last heartbeat, as they were blinking their last blink, as they were swallowing their last bit of saliva and gasping, oh, world, time stopped and we found out why. Because this guy called a a Ciron, Ciron, suddenly shows up and has stopped time because he's from another dimension. Now, this guy, this Ciron, looks just like a gray alien. He does. And it's interesting because if you go back and look kind of in the time period where we're at, first time we really kind of hear about maybe little bodies and little aliens came in 1941 with the Roswell incident, right? Specifically greys. Now, we've seen space monsters and space creatures, you know, in science fiction for forever. But the depiction of these small gray beings with big heads and big black eyes mm-hmm. really gets its start in Roswell 1949. Then it's picked up again in 1965, just a few years before this issue would have arrived on stands with the Betty and Barney Hill abduction, where mm-hmm. they are abducted in the middle of the night. They're a mixed race couple. They're taken up into a spaceship and examined. They're taking up into the stars. And when they come back, they have no memory of it until you go into uh, regression therapy. And then the next big time that we see gray aliens in pop culture is Close Encounters of the Third Kind in 1977 and then Communion in 1980. When everybody and his brother, after Close Encounters of the Third Kind, everyone and his brother knows what a gray alien looks like. But the Cerons, man, they are gray aliens. Yeah, and they're kind of poofy. And, you know, there was the 1955, the Kentucky uh, Goblin Encounter, the Hopkinsville Goblins. But those were actually more pointy ears. This is the traditional big round head, big glowing eyes, little, you know, slit of a mouth. No noses, no ears. And apparently the Cerons have the ability to manipulate time, space, and dimension using only their big rubbery brains. Oh, man, these guys are so smart. Certainly they will instantly figure out how to cure the Legionnaires from their insta-death. You might think that, but no, they're actually here to ask for help. But who are they going to ask? These these Legionnaires are dying. They, They can't ask them for help. 
No, they can ask the other Legionnaires who arrive suddenly. What? What's wrong with our friends? You Wait, know, if I don't in, touch those Legionnaires. If you do, <laughs> you will take them out of the space-time continuum. If I came back to Legion headquarters mm -hmm. and found a Seeron surrounded by the bodies of five of my colleagues, yeah. I would not respond as sanguine as Ultra Boy does. He's like, who are you? And he's like, get out. Our friends are dying. You suck. But he doesn't do anything. And I, would he just also, I would just look around and slowly back out of the room and then ensure that I have an alibi. Right? Yeah, that's that's good. Also, Ultra Boy looks remarkably like a young Jack Kennedy. Hmm. Er, uh, why are you here? And uh, if you uh, buddies are dying, you'd better do some fast explaining. So Siron is basically like, I'm sorry, we're calling him Siron as, as if that's his name. That Let's is his call race. Him Cyrano, because he comes from the planet de Bergerac. Well, no, and he doesn't have a nose, so it kind of would be uh, not that way. Oh, but anyway, he's like, listen up, yo, I can fix your friends, but you have to come back to my dimension and you have to meet all of our old dudes and you have to fight these big pink monster mans. Yes, you have to do our fighting for us, because while we are uh, we are psionically incredibly powerful, we are weak-willed and kind of, you know, Oh, my blobby. God. Oh, my God, Matthew. When you meet the people that they want them to smash, the Legionnaires, to go and fight, these are big, hulking brutes. You know, these kind <laughs> of, not really Neanderthal thinking, but they kind of, you can kind of tell they have some slow-wittedness about them. But they are big yeah. and powerful, and no matter what the Sirons are throwing at them, their retainers, their glasses, their, their math homework, keepers, their trapper keeper... <laughs> The, the, the big brutes just bash it away and then they take the Sirons and they throw them in the locker. This yeah. is a classic brains versus bronze, nerds versus jock yeah. fight that's going on here. The Sirons hire Adam Baldwin. <laughs> that's who Ultra Boy looks like. Adam Baldwin. Ricky Linderman. Yeah, no, it's 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 well, it is actually my bodyguard. Um, and it's a little bit of Wally too, because the Sirons oh, are fed by machines and sit in their auto chairs and don't do anything or now the interesting thing, interesting thing about that is <laughs> the Sirons don't become big and bloated and fat from doing nothing all day. Like we see in Wally, but this right. is totally, we're moving around in our, our cyber chairs and we're being fed by machines and we're being entertained by machines. And all we have to do is, is join our minds together. Unlike Wally right. to solve any problem, but they can't figure out. How to beat the jocks. Well, sometimes the alpha betas come and they take away your house and they make you live in the gym. Oh, and, man. you that's, know, that's what happens to the poor Sirons, uh, the Lambda Lambda Lambas of Sirons. That's but, a movie that doesn't hold up well. Don't go watch that movie, ladies and no, gentlemen. No, do not. Do not. Do and not even, even if you're the Legion of Superheroes and you build a colossal castle, mm -hmm. it's not going to stop the, the, the jocks from breaking down your, your Lego set. And making fun of you. But it does, you know, fill up 25 pages. Oh, my gosh. What a way. I mean, it is really, it's like, why are they building a castle again? Oh, when Mortimer. Okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Oh, be nice to but win. Then, win does good work. Suddenly, the Legionnaires go back and go, gasp, we cannot beat these brutes by ourselves. There are only but a hundred of these jocks, but there are tens of thousands of you nerds. 
You must swarm over them and you can defeat them with your mighty numbers. Yes, some I of you may die. Yes, some of you may be maimed. Tied yes, some of you tied. may be crippled. But if you just all inundate them at once, you will be the champions. We are the champions. Yeah, and it's an interesting approach, um, but one that does beg the question. Doesn't this mean that a lot of Sirons are probably going to get killed? Yeah, that's what I said. You're going to get killed. You're going to get maimed. But, you know, what's 1,000 1, of your lives versus 100,000 of your lives? Attrition, I suppose. But Yeah, that's what it is. And that's what happens. And it's really weird. And I don't know what the message is here because literally this is a jocks versus uh, nerds uh, tale. And I don't know if it is our writer, Jim Shooter, saying, hey, if we all band together, we can become more powerful than than the jocks. And someday nerd culture will rule the world. Boy, I hope not. Because that's kind of what's what the message is here. Shh. Uh, <laughs> don't tell him. Meanwhile, back in uh, the reality, the Legion show up and they're like, uh, hey, let's touch our friends and go bury him in space. <laughs> yeah i hate this by the way um and the reason why i hate it is actually pretty simple because literally all ultra boy had to do was leave a note but instead he left the bodies of five of his comrades just lying on the floor and ultra or invisible kid comes back and says oh no they're dead better rocket them into space better shoot them out into some glass coffins Hey, didn't we have a, oh, you know why? I know one of the questions that you had in your notes was, how come they didn't take him to Shambhala? Shanghala, yeah. And the answer is, Invisible Kid wasn't around when, when they first did those initial burying's. Yes, he was. He, no, he was, he was invisible and he wasn't, oh, also Invisible Kid's kind of dumb. So he well, probably forgot about it. I will grant you that. And I don't know. I've... We've we've seen Legion funerals. Yeah, we have. It's point. a big it's a big affair, a big to do. They wouldn't just quickly dispose of the bodies, right? <laughs> and act like it's, nothing's happened. Literally, it's oh, we'd better not get blamed for this. We better get these bodies out of here as quickly as possible. The only good part about it is that it's some screen time for Invisible Kid and Shrinking Violet, who have been basically gone from these pages for months and months. They've so been busy doing. It's it. nice to see Violet and you know Lyle get some airtime, but. The fact that they do something incredibly stupid, followed by, and this is the thing that really makes me mad. This makes me angry. The the Sierons are like, okay, we'll heal everyone who is in your Legion headquarters of being almost dead. Oh, but there's no one dead in our headquarters now. <laughs> that Whoops. is... Shrug my shoulders. See ya. Snap my bye. fingers. Gone. Okay, yeah. thanks. Bye. I just... Ugh. Ugh. Oh, ugh. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of problems with this issue. So not only... Do we get to uh, see possibly Invisible Kid and uh, Shrinking Violet maybe doing some stuff off panel? Right. But we get to see uh, Ultra Boy and uh, who is it? Uh, Phantom Girl. Yep. Doing some heavy makeout sessions. And they're just like, man, when we go into battle tomorrow, I sure sure hope you're okay, Ultra Boy. And I sure hope you're okay, too, uh, Phantom Girl. And, and then Chameleon Boy's like, knock it off. You guys yanked me from my dimension so I couldn't get married. I'm going to ruin your makeout session. Go to sleep. <laughs> you think that's what it is? I don't think that's what it is. But Well, I mean, he wants some sleep. But the point is, the next day when they're fighting the, the, the jocks, a couple of the jocks grab 
uh, Phantom uh, Girl, and they're about she ready to like her powers. Yeah, and she's she's about they're about ready to yank off her arms and legs, and Ultra Boy goes in and saves it. And he's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm in such a panic, uh, Phantom Girl. Uh, I don't I don't want you to fight anymore. I'm going to go have you be on watch duty because I can't. I don't think I could live with myself if something happened to you." And it's just like, holy crap, the amount of man must protect girl. A uh, girl not able to protect herself, even though she voluntarily joined an organization where fighting and killing are a possibility, right. is super problematic. Not to mention the fact that this is a girl whose ability is literally to turn intangible, so you can't grab her. Right. I mean, yeah. but I will grant them that he does overcome it, and he does come to the realization that, you know, he can't protect her. So it's it's kind of an idiot ball moment, but he's like, you know what? My friends might be getting killed. The duty to the Legion comes first. She took the risks. She knows the risks. I'm going to go do my Ultra Boy thing. So I'll, I will give him credit for that, especially when you think about this. This is the active team leader. I know, but Ultra he is, Boy is currently the leader of the team. He is literally not doing that. He is literally not saying, hey, you knew the risks when you got into this. He's literally like, you go stand on that watchtower over there so that you're safe and but, uh, let, let me go and do the fighting. But he does come around. He does figure it out and say the the duty comes first. He does. I swear. Okay. Page but 26. It's still pretty much a jerk move. Also, oh, yeah. also it's let's a big time annoying thing. Also, let's hammer home the fact that the, uh, the Sirons are a bunch of nerds by, uh, since they don't have real names, they don't have individual names. They're just, we are Sirons. Let's, let's call the one that they've been interacting with the most egghead. Yeah, that's that's really good first contact protocol right there. We're going to they don't have names, so we're going to give them a vaguely derogatory nickname. This is Buttface and uh, <laughs> you're Otter and you're going to be <laughs> your flounder. Yeah, no, it's it's not good. It, 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 it's not good, although we do get an important introduction during the fight sequence between uh, the Alpha Betas and the Lambda Lambda Lambda. Because they identify specifically that the big pink monster men are not completely insensate. They're not complete dummies because they're all speaking Interlac. Oh, Interlac. And what would Interlac be, Matthew, for our new listeners who know nothing about the Legion of Superheroes? Interlac is the language spoken in the 30th century. It's basically an intergalactic version of common from Dungeons and Dragons. And so whatever planet you come from, you learn Interlac so that you can communicate with other worlds and other civilizations. And Interlac becomes a big deal. In fact, later on down the line, they'll start using a specific Interlac language. And in the books, we will see an Interlac alphabet. Mm -hmm. But at this point, this is the first appearance of the name Interlac as the language of the future. Yes, so we get two big two big firsts in this week's Legion Clubhouse. We get the uh, introduction of the uh, the Joy Juice, mm -hmm. and cool. we get the the introduction of Interlac as a language. Yep. So speak well, drink well, and <laughs> at the end of the episode, realize that it didn't make any sense as a either as a standalone story or as a second part of the first story. Because all you have to do is once again go to the Miracle Machine and wish that your friends who were dead are now <laughs> back to life. Om Churikuri Om, bring back my friends from the dead. This was not a good story. It was not a good issue. It was not, it was not two good issues. There may be one good issue in these two good issues. I will say that there was a beautiful moment for Chemical King. Chemical King. Chemical King. Uh, 
there was a beautiful moment for Chemical King in that he, in the midst of a fight, juiced his own metabolism to give himself superhuman strength. Still not even close to what Ultra Boy can do, though. Certainly not, but it's a great power. He's a hundred times stronger than your average Flonian. He's from planet Plon. I don't know if you knew that. Mm, I love but Plon. it brings up two questions. One, yes. as the father of a diabetic, I have to ask, isn't he going to give himself a huge sugar crash? Oh, at yeah. The he's going to take, take a nap. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. He's going to fall, and he's going to probably need to drink some orange juice. And secondly, and I think more importantly, why does Chemical King never use this trick again? The same reason why we have the Miracle Machine. Because it's the whim of the writer, and anything can happen in comics. Matthew, what did we learn this week? I think mostly we've learned that if you're going to do a nonsensical part one, sometimes you have to top yourself with an even more nonsensical part two. This week, we also learned that if you want to do some underage drinking, you need to do it in the 30th century. And most of all, we learned that, especially at night, check the glass before you drink because, hey, there might be a bug or something. That wraps it up for this installment of the Legion Clubhouse. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us as we have some fun and we have some laughs uh, in this week's episode of uh, the Legion of Superheroes Adventure Comics 378, 379. I'm sure you can find them in collections everywhere. And uh, if you want to hear this show continue everywhere then do us a favor, head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers, check out what we have, and sign up today. Until next time, I'm Oh Boy Man. And I'm Cling Rap Kid. The Legion Clubhouse is a production of Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC, and is produced by Steven Schleicher. Your hosts were Matthew Peterson and Steven Schleicher. You can follow Matthew at Mighty King Cobra and Steven at Major Spoilers. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at Legion Clubhouse. If you have questions or comments, send them to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. I'm Jason Inman. Until next time, eat it, Grandpa. This podcast is copyright 2019 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.